Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Life is precarious. Life is fragile. And how often do we forget that life is fragile? Well, and how often do we remember that life is fragile when it's staring us right in the face? Our own, our own, uh, our own, our own weaknesses and our own insecurities. Um, I did not mention this at the beginning of the of the, of the service, and 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 uh, uh, but people who um, are. People who are members here or who are regularly attending, they, they know that I, I struggle with a, a speech impediment, with a stutter. And sometimes it gets, sometimes it's better, sometimes it's worse, right? But it is a cross that I must bear. And uh, I try to do it joyfully. But, you know, the thing about crosses is that they're not fun. They're not fun at all. They're full of splinters, thorns, nails, right? They're heavy. They're hard to carry, so I just wanted to let you all know that in case you were wondering about why I was uh, having a hard time during parts of the service there. But that's a cross that I must bear, and we all have our crosses to bear. We all have our crosses to bear within this life. And our suffering in that sense is unique to us in that it is made fit for us in a unique way, but it is not uh, something that we struggle with by ourselves. And during a time of Lent, we are asked by the church in our traditions, right, of Lent and fasting and denying ourselves to practice carrying that cross. And one of the things that we are encouraged to do is fast, uh, but also to just deny ourselves the needs of our bellies, right? That oftentimes a lot of the problems that we have come from a hunger that we have, a passion that we are born with that by itself, if left unchecked, could cause a lot of problems, that we see that hunger is a problem in the Old Testament text uh, today where the people, where the whole congregation of the people of Israel grumbled against Moses and against Aaron in the wilderness, saying, would that we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt when we sat by the meat pots and ate bread to the full. For you have brought us out into this wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. Hunger does some pretty terrible things. It makes you think differently about your life, about other people's lives, about how you're going to survive. We live in a time, though, where Hunger is not really a primary concern. We're fed. We, you know, typically, I don't know anybody who doesn't necessarily go without three square meals a day, unless they're really trying to uh, either lose some weight or discipline themselves in some way. But hunger, when you're truly hungry, you become very desperate. And that the sinful flesh pulls us in certain directions that... Normally, if we were fed, we wouldn't necessarily go. And so, from our texts today, in the middle of Lent, right, we kind of get this bit of reprieve. 
It's almost like Advent, you know, sometimes in the Advent season where you have all the purple candles and then you have that pink or the rose candle and it's kind of a rest from all of the trials and all of the um, practicing of of, um, fasting and repentance. Because here, as opposed to the previous texts from the last couple weeks where we've been seeing about trying ourselves, about facing temptation, we see that here God gives us grace. God gives us rest. God gives us our food that we have to sustain ourselves. That in all of our texts, we see that What's being emphasized is that the Lord Christ feeds his people in both body and soul. That throughout whatever cross you may be bearing, whatever struggle you may be going through, God feeds you to strengthen you in the face of it. That in our body, we may not right now be hungering, we may not be uh, starving because of because of our world and the, uh, the, the, the circumstances that we find ourselves in. But who knows? There's a lot of talk right now about supply chain uh, problems. There's a lot of uh, talk about shortages, about gas prices going up. That connects to how we're able to feed ourselves. That connects to how we're able to provide for ourselves for the good of our body day by day. And so soon enough, we may find ourselves in a place where we're hungry. We may find find ourselves standing in a place where we start to point our fingers at people like the Israelites did with Moses and with his brother Aaron. But they pointed to him and said, he's the problem. Some people might point to the president. Some people might point to Putin. Some people might point to somebody out there, that it's not my problem, it's their problem, they're the cause. But ultimately, the one who is causing these things is God. God allows for these things to take place to test us for our good. That there is a kind of testing that God does do for us and to us, like what Christ does with his disciple, his disciple, excuse me, his disciple, Philip, right? He says, where are we to buy bread so that these people may eat? These 5,000 men, not including the men, not including the women and the children possibly that were there. Where are we to buy these things? Where are we to provide for all these people? How can I eat tomorrow? How can I make sure that next week I'm not going hungry? How can I make sure that I'm able to get to my job if gas prices are so high? How is it going to happen? Where's it going to come from? Who's going to provide for me? Who's going to take care of me? And we know the answer. If we pray the Lord's Prayer and we see that fourth petition that we pray that he would give us this day our daily bread 
And we know from the small catechism, God certainly gives daily bread to everyone without our prayers and even to all evil people. But we pray in this petition that God would lead us to realize this and to receive our daily bread with thanksgiving. That whether you are hungry, whether you are full, whether you are satisfied, it is all a gift from God. That in this life, we sometimes are faced with the reality of how fragile we really are. I've heard it said that, uh, you know, the survival of the fittest theory of Darwin, right, is probably not, well, it's not just something we shouldn't hold on to because Scripture speaks against it, but think about how fragile human beings are. We're at the top of the food chain, right? We're the strongest. But if we were to try and survive out in the world without clothing, we die, right? We have to cook our food so that we don't get sick. We are more fragile than we realize. We are more susceptible to disease than we might expect as well. And we're on another side of the pandemic at this point. But at one point, everybody, and I mean everybody, I think were very, very, very scared about the real possibilities of COVID and what it might do to us. That we were faced with the problem of death. That we're faced with this question, who's going to take care of me? How's it going to pan out? How will God provide? But we know that God's providence is greater than we can possibly imagine. And we are tempted at times to say there are just too many problems. The need is too great. There's no way it can possibly be solved by anything that we do. Just as, just as the disciples looked at the crowd of 5,000 men and said, it's impossible. Yet if we trust in Christ, if we trust that he feeds us our daily bread, that we receive it with, with joy and with, and, with, and with thanksgiving, he will continue to feed us. We are vulnerable. And in this life, he gives us what we need to sustain both our body and our soul. We are God's children, those who are baptized and who trust in Christ. We trust that he will provide for us. We trust that we will not have to worry about where our next meal will come from, not because we have enough food in the fridge, but we have a gracious God. That's the key. We have a gracious God who loves us and provides for us who cares for us, and we have a God who sent his son to die for us so that we would be fed in both body and soul through his word and through his body and his blood that has been shed for us and has risen from the grave and who has ascended on high and the body and blood of Christ that is now offered to you today. That in this way, the Lord takes care of his people, that we are children of the promise, and that promise is tied to everlasting life 
and salvation. That in this life, we will face trials and tests, and we will grumble, and we will ask, how can it be done? Where is it going to come from? Who's going to pay for it? How am I supposed to eat? And we pray that the Holy Spirit would grant us faith to trust that he provides our daily bread and that he also also provides the bread of life so so that we would be granted his grace and his eternal life through his body and his blood. The crosses that we bear are unique to us And they can be heavy at times to the point where we just feel like we can't go on. The crosses that we bear sap us of our strength, sap us of the will to go on. And yet, God, through his will, grants you strength, grants you comfort, grants you peace through Jesus Christ. And I pray that you would be strengthened throughout this Lenten season and throughout the rest of your life to trust that Jesus Christ is crucified for your sins, is raised for your justification, has ascended and is, and is at the right hand of God, of God our Father. And he intercedes for all of you for your good. Day, excuse me, he intercedes for all of you day in and day out for your good. And may this grant you peace. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus our Lord.